Chapter Three of Armand Durand by Rosanna Le Proin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Company still continued to come and go at Mr. de Courval's for the month of October, with its brightly tinted woods and hazy amber sky, without speaking of the excellent shooting the environs of the place afforded, rendered the country quite as attractive as it had been during the summer months gentlemen with guns and dogs gentlemen on horseback and on foot frequently passed durand's door but genevieve saw nothing of them mr de courval had frequently and kindly invited the new married couple to visit the manor-house but as paul evidently did not care about doing so whilst there were strangers there genevieve remained contentedly at home one afternoon she was standing in front of the door looking at the distant hills glowing in the mellow golden light of that beautiful season we call indian summer when mr de courval accompanied by two gentlemen friends passed on foot they all three looked weary and dispirited for they had been on foot since early morning and when genevieve whom mr de courval instantly accosted with his usual friendly politeness asked them to step in a moment and rest a thing she could not avoid doing without violating common courtesy for mr de courval complained of fatigue her offer was gladly accepted he introduced his friends one a mr caron a gentleman of middle age the other a handsome young cavalry officer named de chevandier who had come out from france to spend some months in canada the latter seemed equally surprised and struck by the pretty face and quiet graceful manners of their hostess as she placed before them tumblers with a jug of excellent cider which we need not inform our readers was not home-made genevieve however was entirely unconscious of the particular attention with which captain de chevandier favoured her and that very elegant young gentleman would have been highly mortified had he known that she had not even observed the glossy luxuriance of his dark hair and moustache or the classic regularity of his features durand came in before the departure of the guests and quite unembarrassed pressed hospitality upon them with kindly courtesy de chevandier's aristocratic prejudices were somewhat shocked by the appearance on the scene of this plebeian entertainer but his ineffable airs were as much thrown away on the husband as his looks of admiration had been on the wife at length the three gentlemen rested and refreshed took their departure the military adonis indulging in wondering regrets on their homeward way that such a charming little creature should be doomed to pass her whole life among cows fowls and all that sort of thing after they had left durand informed his wife that he was thinking of paying a visit to montreal to purchase groceries and other necessary articles as well as to see the merchant to whom he usually sold a large portion of his farm products concluding by inquiring if she would like to accompany him i can spare you a few dollars little wife to lay out on ribbons in the fine shops even though our butter and chickens have been failures he added with a smile expecting that genevieve would eagerly grasp at the offer for a trip to town even without the promise of spare dollars was considered a great privilege by the wives in allonville to his surprise indeed disappointment she reflected a moment hesitated then finally declined 
the reason of this was the uncertainty she felt as to how she should act towards the Lubois. did she go to town without calling to see them and thanking mrs Lubois for the clumsy old-fashioned gold brooch she had sent her as a wedding present she might be taxed by the family with great ingratitude and yet on the other hand did she present herself with her husband at their exclusive mansion they might prove very unwelcome visitors to avoid this dilemma then she resolved on remaining at home especially as paul would not be absent more than a few days the day succeeding his departure genevieve who was exceedingly fond of the open air and could imagine no greater treat than to sit for hours on a bench in the garden or under the old elm that shaded so pleasantly her comfortable home listening to the chirping of birds and insect life around her betook herself with some pretence of needlework to her haunt behind the trunk of the great tree whose ample rotundity sheltered her in great part from the observation of passers-by whilst its foliage protected her from the sun she had been brought up in a dingy dirty town in france for there are dingy dirty towns in that favoured portion of the globe whatever may be said to the contrary and the country was to her an unexplored world as delightful as it was new how she revelled in her own quiet way in its freshness its beauty its perfumes and how every new phase of its life elicited an admiration which she did not dare to openly express lest she should expose herself to ridicule perhaps this predilection was in part responsible for the lamentably slow progress she was making in the acquirement of housekeeping knowledge for whilst she would be in person in the kitchen her head aching her cheeks aglow midst the fumes of frizzling stewing or broiling or what was still worse washing or scouring her thoughts would longingly turn to the cool pure air outside the rustling of the green boughs overhead and she would inwardly think with a sigh how much she would prefer a piece of bread and a cup of milk enjoyed amid that pleasant repose to the most dainty banquet heralded in by such culinary struggles and efforts comparatively free from household troubles for a while she had celebrated the first day of paul's absence by making a dinner on the primitive articles of fare just mentioned an arrangement which entirely suited her handmaidens who also fond of the dolce far niente added a piece of cold meat to their dinner and were satisfied ease making up for the frugality of their meal then taking a pair of slippers she was embroidering as a present for her husband and which she worked at in secret wishing to surprise him never doubting but that he would find them useful as they were ornamental she installed herself in her nook at the foot of the old elm what a glorious afternoon it was how often she paused in her work to look from the far-off purple hills to the gorgeous colouring of the autumn woods from the golden and azure glories of the sky above her to the flashing waves of the broad silvery st lawrence flowing past all was still the birds had already winged their way to climes that offered them another summer and the silence was only broken by the soft rustle of a leaf occasionally falling to the ground suddenly however a footstep near caused her to look up and there cap in hand his most winning smile on his handsome regular features stood captain de chevandier 
his manner was very courteous without being fulsome and genevieve listened undisturbed to some innocent remarks on the weather the country and the excellent shooting the time passed so pleasantly that she was unconscious when he took his departure that he had been nearly an hour in conversation with her the day following was as bright and pleasant as its predecessor had been and after a very light meal she hurried off with her canvas and wools not to the elm-tree this time for a sort of instinct told her it was too much in the line of road traversed by mr de courval and his visitors but to another equally favoured haunt under a crooked but shady apple-tree in the garden she was working most assiduously for she wished to complete her little offering before her husband's return when a clear cultivated voice pleasantly inquired how was mrs durand and glancing up she saw captain de chevandier looking at her over the low garden gate genevieve felt anything but gratified by this incident but she was too gentle to betray her sentiments on the subject so she politely returned his greetings still there was a considerable degree of reserve in her manner and de chevandier at a loss how to proceed looked about him for inspiration by good fortune his glance happened to fall on a bed of magnificent dahlias of various hues and shades and feigning great admiration of their beauty he asked permission to look at them nearer and gather one the permission was coldly granted and whilst dwelling with the air and manner of a connoisseur on the rich tints and peculiar beauty of the specimens before him he contrived to introduce a graceful compliment to the exquisite taste of the fair mistress of the garden and to the success which had attended her efforts you give me more credit than i deserve captain de chevandier tis the old housekeeper who lived with my husband before his marriage who deserves all your praise de chevandier bit his lip and inwardly blessed his stars that none of his witty caustic companions of the mess-table were present to witness this signal discomfiture soon recovering himself he resumed well that will not prevent me choosing with madame's permission a couple of those splendid crimson ones and he suited the action to the word then from the flowers it was natural to talk of the country and by a very natural transition from the country to france ah here was a link between them at last and de chevandier was not slow to seize upon it though a native of paris there were few parts of his sunny land which he had not visited and even with the dingy little town genevieve's birthplace he was acquainted having been detained there once a whole day by bad weather during which time he had continually cursed it as the smallest meanest most insufferable spot on the surface of the globe his recollections of it were now however of a different nature and he spoke of its simple church the quiet little cemetery with a pathos that almost brought tears to genevieve's eyes ah mrs durand he impetuously exclaimed after a moment's silence how miserable you must feel transplanted from our lovely land to this ungenial clime what are we here children of france but poor exiles genevieve was by no means prepared despite her love of fatherland to go such lengths as this 
and raising her eyes with a look of astonishment which never wavered before the half-admiring half-sentimental gaze bent on her she rejoined miserable do you say why mr de chevandier i have known more real happiness and quiet during the last few months than i have ever enjoyed in my life france is dear to me as a reminiscence but here in canada my affections as well as all my earthly hopes are centred this was another discouraging conversational blow from which either unable to rally or inferring from genevieve's manner that his stay had been sufficiently long he rose and after a few parting words uttered in the same strain of respectful courtesy with which he would have addressed a lady of the highest rank he withdrew as he closed the gate after him however he muttered what a straight-laced unsatisfactory little creature but then what matchless eyes what taper fingers surely that thick-headed husband of hers cannot expect them to do much in the way of milking or butter-making ah my worthy durand i am afraid you will find out too late that you have blundered egregiously in your choice with a look of deep thought on his usually careless features he strolled leisurely back to mr de courval's the ensuing day de chevandier made his toilet with elaborate care and having armed himself with some newspapers and magazines which he had lately received from france he bent his steps about the same hour in the direction of durand's habitation genevieve was not under the elm nor on looking over the gate could he see her under the apple-tree evidently she did not wish for any farther interview but de chevandier was not easily daunted and rapping with the light cane he carried against the door he inquired of the untidy uncombed girl who opened it if madame were in she is somewhere in the garden was the curt response and feeling she had done all that could be expected from her under the circumstances she clapped the door to with a suddenness that caused the visitor to recoil what savages he exclaimed but i will not give it up i must seek her in the garden had captain de chevandier been asked what end or aim he had in view in paying such marked attention to mrs durand he would unhesitatingly have answered that he intended no harm mrs durand was a very pretty as well as refined woman and a harmless sentimental friendship kept up with her would serve greatly to lighten his visit at the manor-house which otherwise was passing very heavily but despite such vague semi-innocence of purpose on his part alas for genevieve if she encouraged or listened to his overtures for no religious principle guided him the only restraining influence he acknowledged was the world's code of honour and what a lax one that too often is inwardly wondering almost chafing at the intense interest she excited in him he unlatched the little gate and picking his steps amid pumpkins cucumbers and melons all growing in the most neglected luxuriance he made his way to the little rustic summer-house constructed out of a few boards round and over which a wild grapevine had been trained forming a covering of pleasant verdure genevieve was still at the eternal worsted work as de chevandier inwardly stigmatized it he would much rather have seen her melancholy and listless but with his usual graceful ease he entered 
offering his credentials in the shape of the books and papers he had brought with him genevieve could not do otherwise than thank him for his attention and besides she was really pleased to see the names and pictures of places and things so familiar to her whilst she was looking at the illustrated frontispiece of one of them he took up the work she had laid down smilingly asking for what the monument of female industry and patience he held in his hand was intended a pair of slippers for my husband was the reply an expression of keen irony flashed across de chevandier's features and as he thought of honest paul in his rough country boots striding through the muck of the farmyard and then looked at the delicate combination of beads and silk floss intended for him and the fairy-like fingers which had worked it his lip curled and he involuntarily said mr durand is a very happy man and will of course thoroughly appreciate this fairy gift i hear he is an excellent farmer understands all about subsoiling drainage cattle and such necessary horrors genevieve looked at the speaker novice as she was she divined the covert contempt lurking beneath the half patronizing half ironical compliments thus paid to paul and keeping her eyes still steadfastly fixed on her companion she rejoined my husband is not only a good farmer but an honourable upright man one whom the most indifferent of wives could not help respecting and loving there was something grand in its way in this fearless frank expression of her sentiments from one usually so reserved and reticent as genevieve durand and whilst de chevandier's heart inwardly did her homage for it it also awoke with him a sentiment of jealous irritation of the man thus favoured and honoured it taught him also that in the young wife's presence he must avoid uttering even one word that could possibly be construed as disrespectful towards paul and he hastened to repair his blunder by making some friendly complimentary remark regarding durand uttered with the tact and delicacy of which he was eminently master genevieve resumed her work and whilst her fingers moved with nimble skill de chevandier talked or read aloud short passages from the papers he had brought with him the afternoon shadows were lengthening when the young wife suddenly rose to her feet saying he must excuse her as she might be wanted at home he escorted her to the door and as he lingered at the steps saying a few farewell words two figures standing at an angle of the barn closely watched their movements these were manon the girl who had given so characteristic a reception to captain de chevandier and olivier dupuis one of the most inveterate gossips of the village and you tell me he said slowly ominously shaking his head you tell me that fine town gentleman comes here every day and spends hours with madame a scornful inflection on the word the husband too away well well paul durand you could not do like others and take a smart sensible girl of the village for your wife you wanted a dainty bit of china ware instead oh we shall see we shall see when do you expect paul home to-morrow i think good day then manon and should you ever marry don't tread in your mistress's footsteps 
keep your advice pere dupuis till it's asked when i'm married i shall do just as i like and with this amicable farewell the pair separated the rain poured down in torrents all the ensuing day and de chevandier had to forego his intention of calling on his charming neighbor lest a visit under such circumstances would render him ridiculous he therefore betook himself in a very ill humor to the sitting-room where he divided his time between tossing over mr de courval's books which were nearly all on agricultural subjects and kicking aside or swearing at the half-dozen dogs that enlivened the home of his bachelor friend genevieve on her part was as happy as possible the house under the united efforts of herself and handmaidens shone with cleanliness whilst manon by some extraordinary coincidence had made some excellent pies and turned out for once a baking of bread neither burned outside nor raw inside by way of climax the wonderful slippers happily completed for the occasion were ostentatiously spread out on the back of paul's armchair which was drawn to his favorite nook near the flower-filled window then genevieve hastened to her room and after a wistful look at the fast-falling rain to whose violence her husband was probably then exposed entered with pretty wifely vanity on the duty of endeavoring to make herself look as charming as possible her task was not a difficult one for at all times pretty excitement rendered her doubly so and the flutter of pleasure arising from the expected return of her husband after this their first separation brought a light to her eyes and a flush on her cheek that made old dupuis's appellation of china ware passably appropriate End of chapter three